You're listening to Voice Acting Mastery, episode number 97. Welcome to the Voice Acting Mastery podcast with Crispin Freeman. VoiceActingMastery.com is your place to learn both the skills and the mindset you need to become a professional voice actor, even if you're just getting started. In each episode of this podcast, you'll discover valuable tips, tricks, and insider information to help you portray characters in animation, video games, and beyond. And now here's your host, voice actor Crispin Freeman. Hi there, my name is Crispin Freeman, and I'll be your guide through the world of voice acting. If you'd like to know more about me, feel free to check out my personal website at www.crispinfreeman.com. This is the fifth and final part of my interview with the amazing Phil Lamar. Phil has played major roles in such animated shows as Futurama, Justice League, Star Wars Clone Wars, and Samurai Jack. In the last episode, Phil outlined the unique challenges that any minority actor has to face when trying to build a career in the entertainment industry. It can be difficult to know how to present oneself as a minority actor in a primarily Caucasian storytelling environment like animation. Phil has learned to succeed in this environment with skill and grace, and I can't thank him enough for sharing his experiences and insight with all my listeners. In this, our final episode together, Phil actually describes the thought process he went through when making decisions about how to portray the voice of the Jon Stewart version of Green Lantern for the Justice League animated series. This is a rare look inside the head of a talented voice actor as he determines how best to bring a character to life. I personally find it fascinating and enlightening to hear what character traits Phil blended in order to get the voice of Jon Stewart just right. Get ready for some priceless words of wisdom, because here they come. And now, the feature segment. To me, in in animation... The voice is only a third, at most, of the character. Mm. The, the visual component and the writing are the other two, two-thirds. Mm-hmm. Um, there is nothing in the writing about his race, mm-hmm. but he's painted brown. Mm-hmm. So I didn't need to make him noticeably black. The character is black. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't need to, to sound any different than I sound right now, because I know who I am. Right. You know? I mean, I could, if I wanted to, you know, change my, my speech pattern to make sure that everyone listening to this knows that a black man is talking. Mm-hmm. But with the Jon Stewart thing, I made a choice. It's like, I want this guy to be noticeably black. I also want this guy to be noticeably military. Mm-hmm. And I talked with the writers about their concept of him. Like, he's a Marine Corps veteran. Mm-hmm. Like, he went from one corps to the other. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and also the way Bruce Tim draws people. With his massive chests, like, that's got to be a deep voice, mm-hmm. you know, because there's just such an immense resonating chamber that everything should, I mean, like, everyone he draws should should sound like this. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you interview basketball players after him, oh, everybody's like, oh, um, <laughs> so to me, it was, it was that, plus the texture I, I thought to bring to it just, well, part of it is, is my dad, mm-hmm. you know, that I think adds a certain, a th- you know, because my dad has a, sort of a smokiness to his voice. Right. And I thought that would be a nice thing. Because you've, you've got the, you know, you've got the breadth, you know, the resonance. 
But then you add a little something else, a little smoke underneath. Yeah. And then this man has a certain bearing, you know, so he's very serious. So, you know, that adds, that to me adds a little bit to it as well. But also how he's going to speak. I mean, if you're going to make it through the military as at a certain level, you ain't going to be all ghetto. You know what I'm saying? John Stewart ain't going to sound like this, mm-hmm. you know. But at the same time, it doesn't erase who you were, where you came from. Mm-hmm. So to me, John Stewart certainly had the rhythms, you know. It, he was not going to sound like this mm-hmm. at all times, you know, which he could have. He could very well have grown up in Minnesota, gone into the military, and then found the ring. And then it'd be sort of more in like a Colin Powell sort of direction. Absolutely. Right. But I felt that he had to ha- that not had to have, but I wanted to, sh- to try it with this sort of a feel, mm-hmm. you know, like that, that he was somebody that came from like a similar background to me, you know, because, yeah. you know, I was raised in Inglewood um, and my mom's from Arkansas. So, you know, again, we talk about second generation, mm-hmm. second generation southernness. Right. You know, um, and then they liked it. Yeah. And they liked it. So the key is to be aware of the discrimination, shall we say, <laughs> that happens exactly. in, uh, in casting because of the tropes and the way that producers always want to make sure they're playing it safe and communicating mm-hmm. to the audience and they're sometimes very risk-averse in their storytelling. Right. But other times when you're, when you're dealing with the good people, right. they realize it's not about risk. Right. It's about communicating. That there's no risk if it's done well. Exactly. <laughs> and the thing is, if you make a choice that plays to your strength, whatever that strength is, yeah. and I'm speaking, you know, from an ethnic perspective, um, to me, you, would, you wouldn't have gotten the job anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so if, you, if, you, if these people are just like, well, we really want him to sound, quote-unquote, mainstream, not so urban, whatever, you weren't going to get that job anyway. Exactly. But the best thing you can do is give them your best shot. And if they are smart, creative people, or if you get lucky and someone goes, wow, that was just better than all the mainstream non-urban stuff because you played, you played your best note. Mm-hmm. Believability. <clears throat> the believability of your performance trumps their preconceptions mm-hmm. about what they think Right. going to communicate and if they if they're open enough they'll go oh wow yeah that actually works better exactly um and those are the good people right exactly those and, are the good people. and sometimes in animation let's let's be real um sometimes people are just getting minutes you know and they they're not as invested in the quality or the storytelling i mean you and i have been very fortunate to work with some great creators mm-hmm. you know uh, Brandon and Greg on Young Justice, mm-hmm. they were like they were creating. Mm-hmm. They weren't just like getting out pages and getting minutes to to put on the air. They weren't just generating content. Mm-hmm. You know, they're storytellers. Mm-hmm. You know, and ideally, I would I want to be good enough that those people are drawn to my work. Right. You know. Yeah, yeah. But you also have to be able to you know if you want to pay the bills, you got to be able to do the mainstream stuff as well, you know. And you have to learn how to handle people who are um, less than enlightened. 
Exactly. And whether it's ethnicity or not, you had less than enlightened agents right. that you were dealing with. It had nothing to do with your ethnicity. And right. I've had experiences like that, too. When I was first looking for agents uh, in New York when I was doing theater and coming right. out of grad school, I had, I had experiences very similar to that where I was like, right. is this really how the industry works? <laughs> I'm not sure I want to be a part of this. Right. And it, and it can be very disheartening to see that decisions about your life are being made by people who don't get things, who don't understand things, aren't smart enough to, and you're just like, so my future is in your hands? And it's usually, and this is the upside of us being glorified temps, it's usually only for a brief shining moment in time. Exactly. You're never really tied to any, like, who said, I was talking to Troy Baker once um, about He's like, well, you know, just I've been doing this for a while and it seems to be going well, but you just never know. It's like, you know, it could all go away. And I'm like, actually, not really. There is no king of show business who can ban you for life. Mm-hmm. This is a weird job. The only way to be fired from being an actor mm-hmm. is to quit. Yeah. You're the only person who can fire you. Yeah. Unfortunately, you're not the only person who can hire Hire you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, to quit or to sabotage yourself. That's that's basically the two ways. Either consciously or unconsciously quit. Right, right, right. So, you have this wonderful uh, opportunity now to talk to all of my listeners. And I always like to end the interview with what advice would you give to people who are aspiring voice actors? Um... My best advice I can give to, well, let's see, for people, well, actually, no, I was going to say for people who want to be actors and who like the idea of doing voice acting or for people who just want to be voice actors, but actually my advice is the same. Hmm. Work on the acting, Mm -hmm. work on your skills um, and your ability to interpret a script um, to perform a character, because both of those things are at the core of what we do. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's funny because, I, like I said, I don't do many commercials, but my friends who do them tell me the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, you no, know, it's it's storytelling and it's playing character. Mm-hmm. And too many, especially too many people, especially in the in, involved in voiceover, think it's just about a sound mm-hmm. or a voice. I can do voices, even though voice comes first in the phrase voice acting. In reality, acting comes first. Yeah. And voice is not a descriptor, it's a limitation. <laughs> exactly. You only have your voice to act with. So your well, acting better be even better because <laughs> you don't have anything else. I know. I, I, I don't know how many times someone has come. It's like, well, you do so much voice acting. Do you ever do any real acting? Oh. And I say, well, no, actually, the distinction I make is between voice acting and face acting. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's like there is some acting where you use primarily your face mm-hmm. and there's some acting where you use primarily your voice. Yeah. You know, they're both physical. It's like, well, it's, I mean, you know, physical acting. It's like, well, you know, my voice comes out of my body. That's physical, too. Yeah. So you're talking about mocap? Right. Like, <laughs> so, um, yes. But that that is the main thing I say is work on the acting. And as far as that, find a way to do it, especially these days. People have so many amazing opportunities that we well, I never had coming up. Like, if you wanted to do a cartoon, you couldn't just do a cartoon. Yeah. You know, animation, you needed cells, you needed cameras, you needed, like, paper and hunt thousands of drawings. Now you can do it on your iPhone. Yeah. I'm sure there's an app. 
you can make your own, tell your own stories. And unfortunately, that's the flip side of this. As things become more super corporate on the top end and then more uh, broken up uh, and dissected uh, among audiences on the bottom end, we're going to need to create our own stuff more in, in order to have to continue to have opportunities to perform. Mm-hmm. So um, I would say if you have stories to tell, figure out ways for you to tell them. Mm-hmm. And if not, find people who do have stories to tell, you know, yeah. do voices, act in plays, because the work you do can only make you better. Even the bad work, even if you're playing a dog in Altadena. <laughs> That's you know? the key. <laughs> if I play a dog in Altadena, I'll have figured out the secret to the universe. Um, and you teach classes, right? You teach at the Groundlings? Um, yes, I haven't in a while, but I, I hope to get back to it. Uh, yeah, I teach uh, improv classes and, um, and do some, some improv workshop stuff, so, which is always fun. I, I really... Since I've had the kids, there's been less time. Sure. To, uh, to you Wait, know, children I, take up time. Yes. Yeah, well, I'm busy teaching them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> You're a full time yeah. teacher. But I hope to get back to it soon. And you also are doing some of your own projects as well, like the Inside the Legend uh, yeah, web yeah, series and yeah. whatnot. We did uh, we did the Inside the Legend web series. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Um, no, but that was fun. Yeah, InsideTheLegend.com. There, there were some really cool. It's the first time I've gone back towards sketch mm-hmm. since I left Mad TV in 2000. Wow. And it was fun. It was, it was nice to realize that I'm not burnt out yeah. anymore. To sort of play with those muscles again. Yeah. Is that show still running or is that wrapped up? That's all wrapped up. All me. wrapped up. Yeah. Got it. You know, web series. Exactly. They never go away. No. Just out there on the internet. Well, thanks so much, Phil. Well, Absolutely fantastic fun. talking with you. Your insight and the... Um, level of specificity and your ability to articulate your own process and what's happening in the industry is incredibly valuable. And thank you so much for sharing it with all of my listeners. We, we really appreciate it. Oh, thanks so much. Man. You bet. A huge thanks to Phil for spending so much time with me discussing so many important topics. It's incredible how much experience and wisdom Phil has shared with us over the past five episodes. And I hope all my listeners appreciate it as much as I do. I certainly learned a huge amount from talking with Phil. If you've been with us for the entirety of this interview, you'll notice that Phil highlights how important it is to focus on honing one's acting. If you're a frequent voice acting mastery listener, you've probably gathered by now that there are no shortcuts or fancy tricks that can make up for weak acting skills. Over and over again, voice actors stress that to become a professional working actor takes more than just having the right equipment or a knack for coming up with funny character voices. It is one's ability to act believably, to play pretend on a professional level, to convince an audience that you are actually embodying a character in a story that leads to true success as a voice actor. As Phil said, no one can fire you from voice acting. The only way you get fired is if you quit. However, the only way to get hired consistently as a voice actor is to have a sincere passion for acting. You must be fascinated with how you can best communicate with an audience and resist the urge to oversimplify or look for quick fixes to shore up weak acting. Acting 
is not a formula. There is no recipe that ensures a good performance any more than there is a recipe for how to win at a professional sport. Like any athlete pursuing greatness, an aspiring actor must learn that to excel at voice acting takes constant practice, dedication, and a willingness to seek honest feedback from trusted sources. You have to learn the fundamentals and drill them over and over again. You must be constantly striving to improve your skills and evaluating whether or not you are communicating clearly to your audience. Achieving this kind of inspired consistency requires a deep fascination with acting itself. Phil has always had that fascination. From the moment he stepped on stage to act in that production of the Phantom Tollbooth and breathe life into a story that was near and dear to his heart. Allow Phil's own story to inspire you. If you can find your own deep reason for acting, your own touchstone, it will fuel your ability to persevere in the face of any obstacle. Find what fascinates you about acting and allow that fascination to guide you to your dream career as a voice actor. If you have enjoyed this interview as much as I have, please take a moment to leave a comment on the post associated with this episode at voiceactingmastery.com. I look forward to reading your thoughts. All the best to you in your voice acting endeavors, and I'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Voice Acting Mastery Podcast with Crispin Freeman. To get your free report revealing the five most common mistakes to avoid in voice acting, point your web browser to www.freevoiceactinggift.com. Thanks for listening.